0: of our series, Never Too Late. Welcome those of you who are watching in the point or online. And I want to encourage you today, you're in the right place if you want to see God do miracles in your life. This is going to be an incredible series as we see his power to rebuild or restore anything that's broken down in our lives. Well, I don't know if you have any secret habits. I've got one when I'm having a really rough day. I love to watch videos of car accidents. It's a weird thing. It's a weird thing, but when I see people in car accidents, it reminds me, you know, my day might have been tough, but it could have been a lot worse. And so I wanna show you one that I was watching the other day with my son, Jack, and we just thought this was hilarious. Go ahead and take a look, I'll narrate a little bit here. Uh, This driver's pulling into the parking lot, just lining up for their spot here, and you're gonna see in a moment, maybe they, they hit the wrong pedal. I'm not quite sure what led to this, but all of a sudden, just boom. Monster truck style. And you can kind of just imagine, like, what's going on? The driver's like, well, I, I, I guess I'd I just back down. And there's this moment of decision where the driver's like, so what do I do now? And ultimately, the driver decides, you know what? I, I think I'm just going to head home. I think that's enough <laughs> for today. The car kind of sulks out of the parking lot. Now, the funniest thing about this video is, true story, the police couldn't find the person, so this was a hit-and-run because they couldn't see the driver's license or the uh, license plate. And so uh, the person wasn't going to be found out. But three days later, person comes back in the same car to the exact same parking spot. And that's when the driver got arrested, okay, for the hit-and-run. So, so here's your life lesson today. If you go monster truck style in the parking lot... Do not flee the scene. Call the authorities, okay? Here's one more that when I felt like I was having a bad day, I saw this and I thought, well, you know, my day could have been a lot worse. I didn't do that with my car today. But here's the thing that really got me as I studied this picture. I thought, this, this woman is amazing because when life goes wrong, it's either laugh or cry. And she's clearly laughing. I mean, she's actually smiling. She's posing for the picture. Not only that, I was studying it I thought, That's amazing. I don't know how she got out of there, but somehow she had the wherewithal to grab her keys. I would have totally left my keys in there. And she even got her water bottle. She's just like, well, I I guess guess I'll just park there today. I don't know if you've ever had a car accident. When I was 16, I bought a, a used Volkswagen Golf. It looked like this. I got it for $650. I put a new radiator in it and fixed it up. And I was driving around, and some of you were in this situation in your teen years. You're paying your own gas, insurance, and everything. And, and I got in my first car accident. And the, the way it happened, my driver's ed instructor had taught me whenever you change lanes to look over your shoulder in your blind spot. And I did that, but I looked just a little too long. And the car in front of me hit their brakes, ran into the back of this Ford Taurus, and just had this moment when, when my bumper crunched into theirs where my, my stomach just sank. You guys know that feeling? All of you other imperfect drivers, you know that feeling, like right after impact, and your stomach is just like, oh. Or maybe you've known that feeling because you're driving along a little too zippy, and you see some lights in your rearview mirror from our beloved friends who serve and protect, and your stomach just sinks. You guys know that feeling? I want to talk to you today about that feeling, because sometimes we have it when we're driving, and sometimes we have it in our lives. Sometimes we have it in our relationships, when we're in the middle of a fight, And we either say something or we do something, and right after, we have this sinking feeling of, oh no, I'm going to be paying for that. We have these times in our relationships where we have crashes, we have wrecks, where things get broken. We have times in life when life gets messed up, when life gets broken, and we feel that same sinking feeling when we realize that a dream we had isn't going to happen, or we realize that... We've been abandoned by someone we thought we could trust. Or we deal with massive regret about something we did. Here's the question we're asking today. How do you get what's broken in your life put back together? There's something broken in each of our lives. Sometimes it's in a relationship. Sometimes it's in our own outlook. You know, you used to wake up and be like, Oh, I'm going to go have a great day. I'm going to win at life. But now your outlook is just broken down. Uh, maybe it's in your finances. Maybe it's in your career. We all have areas of life where we've just been broken down. How do you get that put back together? And if you're anything like me, your life is a lot like driving a car. There are certain things that I'm totally at fault that they're broken. Just like I ran into the back of that Ford Taurus. I was just going too fast. There's things in our lives that we broke. But just like car accidents, there's also things in our lives where we're just cruising along, minding our own business, and we just get sideswiped. Whether it's cancer Or the person we're committed to chooses to leave us. These things that just sideswipe us and our life is broken. Sometimes we're at fault. Sometimes others are at fault. But in either case, how do we get it put back together? How do we pick up the pieces when we've been abandoned or rejected? I know I've had times like this, me and Mel, in our marriage. She's an amazing spouse. She's as close to a perfect wife as you could get. But I'm broken enough that we still have fights. And there have been some fights where we're really going at it. And in the middle of it, I've thought, man, is this ever going to work? Are we going to make it? Maybe that's where you're at. Maybe in your parenting, I know I have times with my kids where I look at them and I look at myself and I just think, I don't think I know how to do this. Maybe it's in your habits, maybe it's in your thoughts. Maybe there's something you kind of turn to to help you through a hard time and you didn't think it would control you but it's starting to turn into an addiction and you're thinking this thing of me is kind of broken. How do I fix it? How do I get the power to change? Well, whatever it is that's broken in your life, would you like to know the answer to this question? I know I would and that's what this series, Never Too Late, is all about. Each week we're going to learn another step in seeing our lives put back together And we're going to learn it through the word of God, studying the true story of a guy named Nehemiah. Now, Nehemiah, we're going to see what's broken in him was actually that he loved his hometown where his people, the Jewish people, lived. And they had this city, Jerusalem. It's really Jerusalem is the center of their identity. And Jerusalem was torn down. And for Nehemiah, that's what was broken in his life. We're going to see him turn to God and we're going to see God do a miracle for him and God is waiting to do the same miracle for us. Well, here's how the story goes. Nehemiah's writing, and he says this, "...I asked these friends who had visited Jerusalem about the captivity and how things were going in Jerusalem." So here's what had happened. Nehemiah's people, the Jewish people, they had been defeated in a war, they'd been completely ransacked, their city, which had these big stone walls, had been torn down, and now his people are living in ruins." Nehemiah is hundreds of miles away. He's actually working in a palace for a king. And really, Nehemiah, he, he doesn't have to be concerned about his people. But because God cares about that, Nehemiah cares about that. Well, here's how his friends answer who had visited Jerusalem. They said, things are not going well for those who return to Jerusalem in the province of, Judea, of Judah. They are in great trouble and they are in disgrace. Disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down. And for these ancient cities, it was that wall that allowed them to trade and to build an economy and to have safe homes and to not be afraid at night that someone was going to come in and steal their stuff. Those walls were everything. It was their security. It was their economic freedom. So these people, they have no prosperity. They have no freedom. They have no security in life. More than one thing is wrong. Not only are the walls torn down, but the gates have been destroyed by fire. When Nehemiah heard this, he says, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days I mourned, and then I fasted, and I prayed to the God of heaven. Now we're going to see in Nehemiah's story that when his heart breaks about what's broken, God is going to rebuild it, but it's a process. And we're going to each join that process as we go through this series. Here's the first thing you need to know where your life is broken down whether it's in your attitude, your relationships, or the world around you, you need to know today that God cares, and he's waiting to help. Some of you, God brought you here today just to hear that. You need to know that God cares. He cares about what you're going through. He doesn't have his arms crossed. Even if you were the driver at fault, even if you ran your own life into the ditch, God cares. He loves you. He says in Scripture that he weeps with those who weep, that he's near to the brokenhearted, He upholds those who are crushed in spirit. And where you feel broken, where you feel like life's not working, the God who made you cares. And he brought you here today for you to know he doesn't just care from a distance. He's actually waiting to help. He wants to fix what's broken in your life. He wants to help you. But we're going to see it's a bit of a process. It's kind of like going to the doctor. You have to go to him and say, God, here's what's broken in my life. And so really your opportunity today And each week following this is to say, God, I'm going to bring what's broken in my life to you. God can rebuild. This room is full of living proof. You're surrounded in this church by thousands of people who've seen God rebuild marriages that were hopelessly lost, rebuild careers that were hopelessly lost. You're sitting in a church where there's people who were bankrupt and hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt and God has restored them and they now have a successful life and a, a good living No matter what's broken down in your life, in your attitude, in your outlook, in your relationship with God, he can rebuild and you're surrounded by living proof that he has that power and even wants to help in your life. Well, there's so much in Nehemiah's story. I want to encourage you, if you don't yet have a Bible, you can get one today. We've got them out at our Connection Corner. We also have them in our church library. And I'd love for you to get a Bible and follow along with me through the book of Nehemiah as we go through this series. The reason I say that is there's so much in here, I can't fit it all into these messages. But let me show you a picture that summarizes how God helped Nehemiah. Here's the wall around Jerusalem today. So you can go, you can fly to Israel, you can go to Jerusalem, and you can actually see this wall. So this story that we're reading from thousands of years ago, when God rebuilt the wall through Nehemiah, you can go there, and there are stones in the wall that have been identified by archaeologists. These are stones that were put there by Nehemiah and the people he led. So the end of the story is that God does rebuild. It looked impossible. Nehemiah was hundreds of miles away. He was practically a slave to a king of a different country who doesn't care about Jerusalem. It would have been impossible for Nehemiah on his own to rebuild these walls. But with the power of God, God does rebuild the walls. I want to encourage you, read along with me. And then I want to encourage you this. God wants to fix what's broken in you And then as he does that, God wants to use you to fix what's broken around you. So depending on where you are in your journey, right now it might just be all about, God, there's something in me that needs to be fixed. Or maybe he's fixed a lot of things in you, and it's time to turn your eyes outward and say, God, what do you want to fix around me? As you grow in Christ, you're going to see him continue to fix things in you and use you to fix things around you. Well, here's a question. If God could fix something in your life or world, what would you choose for him to fix? If he could fix something in your relationships or in your habits, if he could fix something in your lifestyle or in your health, if he could fix anything in your life, what would you pick for him to fix? I want you to identify that thing, and as we go through this study in the Word of God, invite him. And here's what we're asking for that today. How can you see God rebuild that thing that's broken down in your life? How can you see God do it? I mean, he did it for Nehemiah. What are the steps to see God rebuild that specific thing in your life? And here is step number one. It is to feel the pain. Feel the pain. You know, as Americans, we have so many distractions. We can so easily numb ourselves from the pain in our lives. We all know people who, they numb themselves from the pain through alcohol or through chemicals. And, and those things, they're, they're always a little bit not quite there because the reason is they're numbing their pain. Others of us, we numb our pain through shopping or through achievement or through busyness. I have friends in Silicon Valley who design some of the social media apps like Instagram and Facebook. And I'm not saying they're evil, but they will tell you they are designed to be addictive. I was watching AFV the other night with my kids, and on America's Funniest Home Videos, there's this picture of this parent who had fallen asleep like this. Phone in hand, completely asleep and snoring. Because once those Instagram stories start, they just keep going, don't they? It is designed that way on purpose. There's nothing wrong with it. But if we're not careful, most of us can fall into this trap of we don't deal with our pain Because we just keep numbing ourselves, we keep distracting ourselves. And if you really want to change, you've got to feel the pain enough to actually do something about it. Feel the pain enough to actually bring it to God and say, you know what? I'm not going to live in these ruins anymore. Fascinating thing about this story of these broken down walls in Jerusalem is that thousands of people were living in the ruins. Their houses were ruined, their city was ruined, and they're all just living in it. And then Nehemiah, as an outsider, he looks at it and he says, what are you guys doing? we got to organize and rebuild. And we all have this tendency in our lives, sometimes it's a generational thing that's been passed down. Sometimes it's something, we've just acknowledged, you know what, I'm always going to be that way, our marriage is never really going to take off, this thing will always be broken, and we just accept it, and we just live in the ruins. And if you don't feel the pain, then you're not going to be motivated to change, and you're not going to bring it to God in a way That allows him to change you know it's when we feel the pain that we experience God I mean as I've been studying this message and you know I've been spending dozens of hours on it it was just yesterday that I was driving and I was thinking about a person who has abandoned me in life and I was thinking man why'd that person have to do that I was counting on that person I feel so abandoned I feel so alone and in that moment God was like um John feel the pain in other words God was just waiting for me to come to him and say, you know what, God, I need you to be my consistency. I need you to be my provision. That stability I was looking for in that person, I've been pushing it aside with busyness. I need to acknowledge that hurts, that stings, and God, I believe you can give me that stability. If we don't feel the pain, then we won't really bring the problem to God. I don't know if you know what a diaper genie is. Anyone heard of a diaper genie? Talk about marketing genius. The Diaper Genie is not a genie, okay? It is a plastic canister that holds soiled diapers, okay? The Diaper Genie is designed so that if you're changing a diaper at 2 a.m. and you don't want to leave that ticking time bomb in an open trash can, but you also don't want to go outside and put it in the outside trash in the middle of the night, well, you just deposit it in the Diaper Genie. And supposedly, it holds in all the smell. In real life, it holds in about 80% of the smell. And the Diaper Genie is just a reality of having kids in diapers. Now, when my kids were in diapers, I loved them. I, I didn't not love them because they had diapers. But here's the thing I'll tell you. I really love it that they're out of diapers. I mean, it was one of the best days of my life. When I was outside doing some yard work, I walked into the garage. And there next to the trash can was the Diaper Genie on its way out to the landfill. See you later, diaper genie. Because here's the thing. I love my kids enough to wipe their bottoms, but I'm really glad that we potty trained them and they can do that for themselves now. And here's the thing spiritually. God loves you when you're sitting in your mess. And that's what a diaper is, right? That's a person sitting in their mess. God loves you when you're sitting in your mess. But he loves you enough to parent you, to teach you, to mature you, to get out of your mess. And that's what following Christ is. Is all about and really if you don't feel the pain you'll meet people who say I have believed in Jesus they have their sins forgiven they'll be in heaven for eternity that's by a gift from God not by something we earn but they're living in diapers and they're grown-ups they're just walking around in spiritual diapers and they're like I'm cool with it you know and God says hey feel the pain smell the smell get motivated to grow and if you will let the pain motivate you and if you'll come to me I will teach you I will grow you. Look at verse 4. Nehemiah says, When I heard this, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days I mourned. So he felt the pain. He didn't just gloss it over. He said, well, you know, I just got to be tough and make it through. He felt it. But his feeling of the pain, it didn't lead him to depression. Because as he felt it, he then brought it to God. He prayed to the God of heaven. And that's step two. After you felt your pain then bring it to God. Feel it and bring it. Bring the problem. Just like I was describing when I was driving the other day, I was saying, God, why did this person abandon me? Why am I feeling these things? God was just waiting for me to acknowledge it and then say, but you know what, Father, I know you're never gonna abandon me. I know you're always gonna be there for me. I know things change in life, but you never change. And if I had just glossed that over, I wouldn't have experienced his presence, his faithfulness, In the way that i did and that's true for all the things that all of us are going through feel the pain and then bring the problem now as we go through this story of nehemiah you're going to see nehemiah he's got work to do god is going to do a miracle but nehemiah is going to have to get his hands dirty nehemiah is going to have to take some risks and the same is true for you where god wants to rebuild in your marriage or in your finances or in your relationship with him or just in your outlook on life God will do the work, but you do have to show up. In Nehemiah's case, that meant step one, Nehemiah had to go to this king who doesn't care about Jerusalem and its walls, who was his boss, and Nehemiah had to say, "Um, can I have like a a six-year paid vacation uh, to go rebuild my homeland? And he knew this was the kind of king in that day who could have killed him for even asking. And Nehemiah says, you know what, God? I'm gonna step out, but I need you to show up. And what you'll see throughout this entire story is that you'll have work to do, but God is going to open the doors. God is going to provide the resources. God's gonna bring the right team, and that's what this church family's about. God's gonna give you the vision, and he's going to protect you from attack. Nehemiah does the impossible through the power of God, and God wants to do the same for you. He'll do his part if you'll bring it to him, and then if you'll do as he says, God wants to open doors for you. God wants to provide resources in ways you wouldn't imagine. I mean, Nehemiah goes to that king thinking, he's probably going to kill me for asking this. But Nehemiah, he prays this beautiful prayer in the second half of chapter 1. He says, God, you're almighty. You can do this. You care about Jerusalem and those people. So as I go to the king, would you give me favor? Would you bless me? And when you bring God your problems, say, God, I want to restore my marriage. I want to be the kind of parent you want me to be. God, you want me to live in a life of freedom. I don't want to be addicted. God, would you give me a career that is fulfilling and provides for me and my loved ones? As you bring it to him, he will answer those prayers when you step out in faith. Nehemiah goes to that king, and he says, here's what I'd like to do. Humanly, the king could have said, you're dead. I'm done with you. Instead, the king says, okay, you have my favor and my blessing. Not only can you go, but use my own royal lumberyard for building materials, And use all my royal seals as you travel to give yourself authority to take whatever you need. God gives him the resources. Then when he gets there, God gives him a team. And then even as he has the resources and the team and the vision, he's gonna face opposition. He's gonna face division. He's gonna face obstacles. And all through it, Nehemiah says, God, you can rebuild this wall. And the wall stands today as living proof that when you bring your pain to God, When you bring your problem to God, He can rebuild what looks impossible. Well, I want to show you a non-spiritual picture of this. Whatever the thing is that you've identified in your life, that crisis, it may feel like you're literally going through hell. And I want to show you true, real-life footage of a couple who found themselves in a forest fire, one of these massive forest fires out west where hundreds of square miles are burning. There's no way you could make it out on foot. And we're going to see their amazing Escape. Let's go ahead and roll the video. You'll hear the wife pray here in just a minute. Heavenly Father, please help us. Please help us to be safe. I am thankful for Jeremy and his willingness to be brave. I love that visual, because when that family found themselves literally in a firestorm, there's no way in their strength that they could have made it out. They said, hey, let's go on foot, and let's let's just go as fast as we can in our strength. They knew they had to place their faith in something greater than themselves. And they got in that vehicle, and they closed the doors, and they said, you know what? By faith, we're going to trust this vehicle, and we're going to trust that if we go the right direction, eventually we'll get out of this firestorm. And this is what bringing your problem to God looks like. The moment that you say, Jesus, I place my faith in you, you can get me out of this. It doesn't mean that the flames immediately stop and the smoke immediately stops. But you place your faith in him and you close the doors and you say, Jesus, you're the hope that I'm believing in. You tell me what direction to go and I know that you can deliver me from this. And just love that moment when they're driving, they're surrounded by the flames and the smoke and then all of a sudden they emerge out of the firestorm. And there's this blue sky. And here's the thing. If you will believe in Jesus, you don't have to have a perfect faith. My faith wavers. Everyone's faith wavers. You just have to have your faith in a perfect vehicle. And that's who Jesus is. He's almighty God. He's not limited by time. He's not limited by our mistakes. And if you will believe in him in a way that says, God, I feel the pain in my life, Jesus, I believe in you. I'm getting in. I'm buckling up. You just tell me which way to go. And even if it looks like I'm driving through hell, I'm going to keep my foot on the accelerator. I'm going to keep believing in you. I love the way in that video the wife is literally praying to God, and then she's affirming her husband. And if you're in a marriage and it feels like you're driving through hell, encourage each other. God wants to get you out of that firestorm. But don't turn on each other in the crisis. Whenever you're on a team of people and you're going through a crisis It's human nature to bicker and turn on each other. That's the time you need each other That's the time you got to encourage each other and you just say I can't fix these flames around us But I know someone who can keep believing with me. Let's keep moving forward. Let's keep going in god's direction He can solve this You know, there's another survivor from that fire. He was driving a four by four pickup and he got out And then he realized there was a hospital back there. He actually went back in two or three times. It was a Toyota 4x4, by the way, okay? (laughs) He went in two or three times. I'm sure an F-150 could have done it too, but the deal is this. He actually wrote this. He posted a picture of his burnt truck on Instagram, and he said, As my town was burning down around me, this truck saved my life and then enabled me to help others. Here's the thing. God wants to deliver you from the firestorms in your life. And then every day you wake up on planet earth and you're not yet in heaven, he's got people for you to help. That's why we have various ministries here as a church. If you're going through a firestorm right now, there's people in this church who've been through the same storm who want to help you. We've got a group called Divorce Care, if that's the storm you're going through. We've got a group called Grief Share, if that's the storm you're going through. We've got a group for grieving miscarriages and the loss of children. We've got men's groups, we've got women's groups, we've got small groups, we've got a financial peace group that helps people. We've got so many success stories in this church of people where God has turned around their finances. Whatever storm you're going through, there are people in this church who've been through it and they're coming back into the storm to pick you up. And this series is about you saying, okay, I'll get in the car. I will trust in Jesus. I've never been. Maybe you've never been a religious person before. That's okay, it's not about religion. It's about having a relationship with the God who made you, who you know in your heart exists, and saying, God, I will believe that you want to help me through the person of Jesus. This is what happened for a friend of mine, Kyle. Kyle was here on April 8th, and I was just talking to Kyle yesterday, and he was at a fork in the road in his life. In fact, he was telling me that the night of April 7th, he didn't yet know Jesus as he knows him now, and and he told me this, he said, John... In four months, you can go from rock bottom, bankrupt, contemplating the darkest, most heinous choice of your life, to four months later having joy, having everything you need, doing what you love for a living, and talking to God daily for a higher outlook. Kyle said, you know, some of those problems that were in my life are still there, but now I just have this higher outlook. Amazing, as I heard his story, he said that night, April 7th, he was contemplating a decision that he knew would land him in prison, but he was so close to making that bad decision, that fork in the road moment, that he was actually calculating, you know what, I'm young, I'm pretty strong, I think I could make it in prison. I think it would be worth it to do this. But he had given his uncle a promise that he'd be here at Connection Point for an event on April 8th. So that night, of April 7th, in a moment, was a fork in the road moment of his life. He said, I'll I'll keep my word and I'll at least go to that thing at Connection Point. On April 8th, 9th, and 10th, God reached into Kyle's heart. God showed Kyle how much he loves him. Kyle found a new identity, was baptized into faith, and now he's here with us every weekend he's growing. This is what God does. God delivers people from firestorms. God wants to deliver you from whatever it is that you're going through. And praise God, we get to be part of a movement where every week, Lives are transforming. Just two weeks ago, 17 men were baptized here who've given their lives to Christ over the course of the summer. And this happened through one of our men's groups, a a men's Bible study that is reaching out to these guys and is now discipling these guys. And here's the thing, this power, this vehicle that can get you out of that firestorm, it has an engine And that engine is the cross of Jesus. That's why you see crosses around here. That's why you hear us when we do communion. We talk about what Jesus did on the cross. Because here's what happened at the cross. Almighty God came down into a world where his dreams had been broken. You might feel like, what's broken in my life? I had a dream and it's broken. God knows how that feels. He had a dream for a perfect world. And Satan came in and sin has destroyed it. He came down into a broken dream. And he felt the death of a broken dream. He felt the death of rejection. He felt the death of injustice. He felt the death of physical pain, and he even physically died. And what we anchor our hope in is this historic reality that after Jesus the Christ died for the sins of the world, he physically rose from the dead, and he's alive today. And it's living proof that whatever is dead in our lives, he can bring it back to life. Whatever seems too far gone, it's not too far gone if you place your faith in him. The cross is the center, it's the power source. It's the engine when it looks impossible when it seems hopeless when others don't care when opposition tries to stop you Jesus has the power To overcome to rebuild to deliver here's what jesus said in matthew 11 Imagine him speaking it to you because he is right now. He says come to me All of you who are weary And you're carrying heavy burdens Isn't that us where our lives are broken down? We're weary we're carrying heavy burdens. Jesus says come to me Feel your pain enough to come to me. Feel your pain enough to say, Jesus, I need you. And then look at this. It's a promise. He says, I will give you rest. That's what Kyle described to me when we talked yesterday. My life's not perfect now, but there's a rest where there was a restlessness. There's a peace where there was a hopelessness. Jesus waits to give this to you, but you've got to feel your pain enough to break through your old ways of thinking and say, Jesus, I believe in you. I will step into the vehicle of your rescue. You know, every story needs a hero. And in our lives, we tend to think of ourselves as the main character and the hero. And like Nehemiah, God will use you to do heroic things. But believing in Jesus is really acknowledging this, he's the hero of the story. He's the hero who rescued humanity, and he's the hero who offers rescue to everyone who will place their faith in him. Whoever will believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ will be saved. So how do you fix your problems? Well, you believe. And whether you've started to believing or you're trying to believe or you're decades into believing, you can express that belief by gathering here consistently. You gather in the house of God. And it's a way in your rhythm of your life to say, you know what, I'm never going to go more than seven days without getting together with other believers and saying, God, I need you to restore everything that's broken in my life. As you make your way out today, you'll also see in the lobby a whole bunch of different ministries that you can plug into. I mentioned them, divorce care, financial peace university, men's groups, women's groups, uh, so many additional ways. But this is kind of like ground level. If nothing else, be here consistently. God will continue working in your heart. I want you to use your imagination for a moment. And I want you to imagine the thing that is broken down in your life miraculously rebuilt i want you to just picture it in your mind i mean think about nehemiah he's hundreds of miles away from this city that's broken down and like any visionary who's successful he had a vision he knew what a city with sturdy well-built walls looked like he said by the power of god i'm going to travel hundreds of miles and i'm going to rally together people who are just living in their mess and with the power of god we're going to rebuild those walls he had this visual I want you to have that visual for your marriage. Have that visual for your relationships, for your dating life. Have that visual for your finances, for your career, for your parenting. Have that visual for your relationship with God. You might think, well, I've made so many mistakes, I can't be a good husband or I can't be a spiritual leader. Not true. Not true. You serve a God who wipes our slate clean, He, he buries our sins in the sea of forgetfulness. God wants you to be a spiritual leader, He wants to use you as a spiritual leader. Have a visual and be inspired to say you know what just like god did that for nehemiah he can do that for me god rebuilds your life and then he uses you to restore and rebuild others well i got to tell you a true story about my son jack and my wife mel here's a picture of our little family i was looking for a picture of jack where he's like just normal and you might have this if you have an elementary aged boy there's not he's always his eyes are closed or he's doing something goofy so Uh, And then there's Mel, my wife. So here's what happened. This was a year or two ago. Jack and Mel were in a dispute of some kind, and Jack was mad at his mom. And in a fit of rage, he took this picture that he had of him and his mom, and he threw it in the trash. He had in his room these two-framed pictures, one of me holding him as a baby and one of his mom holding him as a toddler. He took that picture out of the frame, and he was just so mad at her, he put it in the trash. He's like, I want nothing to do with you. Well, A couple weeks later, he started to have this deep regret. All right, don't we all do that in moments of impulse and emotion? And then we cool down. A couple weeks later, he has this deep regret. And in shame and in guilt, he came to his mom and he said, Mom, I feel so bad. I feel so bad that I did this. In fact, I had seen him right before he went to his mom. He was out in the garage digging through the trash trying to find it. Trying to rescue this thing out of the trash that he had thrown away. And finally, he... He breaks down, he goes to his mom, he says, Mom, I feel so bad I threw this picture away. And he's just expressing, I'm going to miss that so much. I loved looking at that picture of us. I miss what I've thrown away. And as as he cried and, and hugged Mel, there was this moment where Mel looked in his eyes and she said, You know, I saw you when you threw that picture away. And I pulled it out of the trash then. And I have it right here. And it was to me this beautiful picture that there are things in our lives that we've thrown away or other people have thrown away. And we feel like, God, it's just too late. I mean, the trash has gone out to the curb, the truck picked it up, it's at the landfill. Like, there's no way we could get that thing back. There's no way we could restore that. And you need to know today that you have a Heavenly Father who has the power to pull things out of the trash. He's unlimited by time, He's unlimited by our mistakes. And the things in your life that you feel like it's just too far gone, there's no hope, there's no way. He's a God that if you'll feel the pain, and if you'll come to him and say, God, I'm so sorry, God, I want healing here, I want restoration, that he can say to you, I've already pulled that out of the trash. I was just waiting for you to come to me. I was just waiting for you to turn to me. I want to encourage you, feel the pain then bring it to the only one who can deliver you from the pain. Can I pray that for you right now? Father, across this room, we just need your hope. We need you to inject faith into our hearts. We're so well aware of the things that are broken in our lives. It's hard to pick just one, God. There's so many things in us and in our relationships and around us in this world. And God, I just thank you that you are a rebuilder. You are a restorer. You are a redeemer. You are a resurrection God. You raise dead things to life. And Lord, I've seen it in my life. You've changed my very soul. You've changed my very mind. And you change changed my relationships and just ripples going out as I bring my pain to you. And so, Lord, I pray in this room, would you just give our shaking hands, give us the strength to just lift our pain up to you and say, God, I can't fix this. And I've been trying to push it aside and just move ahead like nothing's wrong. But God, today I'll acknowledge I do feel the pain. And I bring it to the healer. God, there are things in the trash in our lives. And think of how when you pull something out of the trash, it often has stains on it. We're going to take this time to think about the stains in our life and your ability to make our stains into something beautiful you're not the author of pain but you work all things for good and if we'll bring you our pain if we'll bring you our stains you'll bring good from it lord strengthen our faith in this series would you show miracles in our lives change us from the inside out and then change the world through us we pray in jesus name amen well hey go ahead and remain seated our ushers are going to come forward They're about to distribute little cups of juice and little pieces of bread for a thing we do called communion. And this is a time where we solidify our faith in Jesus. I want to encourage you just hold on to the bread and the cup and just sit and listen to these beautiful lyrics about how God can take the stains in your life and make them into something beautiful.